0: Welcome to our podcast, The Relevance of Sydney Banks' Role. This podcast was born out of a deep feeling. It consists of a series of conversations with individuals who have been Sid students for years and also dear friends of him. There is a question to explore, certainly understanding the relevance of his role as why. Why is it so crucial? So welcome to a shared conversation that comes out of a feeling to keep Sydney Banks' understanding alive as a level of consciousness. This is the story, a story full of hope and transformation, and every time we're reminded of it in the stillness of our minds, life is just but a beautiful, loving, and deep journey not to be missed. Uh, welcome to another episode of our podcast, The Relevance of Sydney Bank's Role. And today I'm very excited because we have um, as a guest uh, Dr. Keith Levins. And as we were setting up this and scheduling this uh, webinar, he sent me. Uh, an email with some information that um you will have it on the um, episode description but there's something that it said that i want to read and then i'm just gonna let him speak he's gonna speak to all of us and thank you dr keith for being here and accepting our invitation it's really an honor and as i said i'm excited about it so thank you oh you're welcome It says in the email, Dr. Blevins is currently working on a book with Valda Monroe as the request of the late Sidney Banks. This will include text specifically written by Mr. Banks only for this work. Prior to Sid's death, he wrote this endorsement for the book's cover. It says, one of the main reasons I'm honored to see Dr. Blevins write this book is that it may bring hope to those who are suffering needlessly and bring answers to helpers looking for the missing link psychology and psychiatry have been searching for. Sydney, thanks. Mm.
1: Well, that's a beautiful... um endorsement is when he wrote that he he sent me um, this uh, extensive text that he himself had written and gave it to me and he said this include this in your this will be your book but it but it is but it it is uh, thoroughly um, uh, almost completely uh, you know his words Uh, we there's there's some further thoughts and further documents that we're going to include in that but um, but he was he was it was such a generous gift it was so touching that he would um, select me uh, and he wanted me to keep it a secret until after he died because he knew that 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 other people would be uh, hounding him about this and, and he didn't, and I never did, I never even knew that he would have considered this, so it was right out of the blue um, as a gift and so I, I, I'm honored to um, to share it with you and to talk to you about his relevance because Sidney Banks was the the, the genesis of all of this he, he was at the he was he he was an enlightened man. He had an enlightenment experience and that, that should never be overlooked. I mean, that is, those are, those are very, very, very rare. And, um, they are of, of historic importance to, to humankind. So it's, and that it would occur to someone, uh, seemingly so, Unusual, you know, like such, such an ordinary person, uh, such a, 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 a person who was a welder, who was ninth grade educated, who was adopted, who was um, was uh, an immigrant, uh, who um, had no um, no such. I mean, it just dawned on him, and in, in, in he would say later that um, he would say that you know uh, when something of this order comes into mankind it comes from uh, original mind uh original mind it, it's there and uh th- and then mankind uh sees it uh and uh anytime that happens in one of the um examples he used was the electric light bulb he said um, bef- you know, he says, I- "I'll assure you that before the electric light bulb, uh, whoever whoever it was that um, had that insight, um, it came from the original mind, and um, and and then the mind of man simply builds it." And uh, he he said on that day of his enlightenment, this was in the fall of 1973, that he uh, he found, and he writes this in this book that he gave us to, that has not been published yet, but he writes in that book that it was that day, that at that time, he found the three principles of divine mind, divine consciousness, and divine thought. So it was right there, it was that, at that moment, he saw these principles and he saw how they worked. And he um, and he spent the rest of his life um, sharing and talking about uh, what he learned and, and that experience. So he was a, a remarkable figure, a remarkable figure, um, uh, historic figure. Uh, uh, and, and and all of us who have been touched by this message whether even whether they met him or not like one of the things that he often said was that um uh it it's in the recordings he said the recordings that i have the made are are uh, the the message is in there and um it's, it, he said, uh, "It's absolutely no different than 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 being right here uh, in, in this moment with me physically." Uh, so we have recordings of this um, of this person, and um, and they are, uh, uh, you know, a kind of um, kind of a blueprint or sort of a um, an outline of these principles. And how they work, and um, and we have this this material, which is such a um, a remarkable thing too. You know that, that we're left with this record. Uh, so his enlightenment is is key to this whole thing, and uh, and it was and it was interesting and how he talked about that because, on the one hand, he was very rigorous and. I want to speak more about that because he he saw something and it was so precise and specific and so um, new, um, brand new. Uh, and again, he said anything that ever happens brand new that comes into this world is uh, comes from original mind. so he uh, he he saw the exactness of 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 those principles. And he um, and he shared them uh, freely, um, w- literally with almost anyone who would listen. I did not know him then, but I met him uh, relatively soon afterwards, maybe um, maybe three or four years after that happened to him. But I, I could tell immediately upon even just when I heard of him. Uh, I heard someone mention that they that they uh, they didn't even say his name and they said they they talked to an, an enlightened man and I thought an enlightened man what I want to meet that guy I want to I want to talk to that guy if there's such a person on this planet right now I want to I'd like to hear what he's got to say and so and within uh, about a year, a little over a year, I met him, and so uh, and then I I, 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 closely. I was a psychologist. I, uh, I had a doctorate degree in psychology, but I could see that there was some there was big chunks of something missing. In my field, and um, and I didn't know what that was, but I knew I, I knew this was that I told my wife you know they're making they're making people troubled faster than I could ever cure them there's got to be something else that I don't know that I didn't get in my education that would be uh that that would make something different and and I knew I didn't know then that I was searching for this missing link and um and I didn't know that I would meet the man who found the missing link, um, but I did—not uh, not that long afterwards. So, um, it, in in that missing link is a is a tremendous value and importance to to humankind. Um, I, I learned later, by the way, and this this is—I uh, learned later that in the history of psychology, it. Uh, that that people had particularly one person uh, who was known as the father of American psychology, William James he said that uh, psychology does not have her first principles and he knew and documented and wrote about that without principles in physics it would be like physics before Galileo or without without principles in chemistry it would be like chemistry before Lavoisier. All those people brought into the science principles. And before that, like chemistry was just alchemy. It was just, there were no, there was no organization. There was no organized body of knowledge. When Lavoisier came, he he's known as the father of chemistry. Galileo is known as the father of physics. So, William James said, we have no father of psychology. And Sidney Banks is the father of psychology. He saw, because he saw these principles, that day in 1973, that happened. He and he says that in this text he gave us, that day I found the three principles that are the missing link. And so um, when he found that. And and he always had that sort of interesting way of saying that. He didn't discover. He never said discovered. He said found. Uh, he, he would say realized. He would say um, uncovered. Mm. And he, would, he wouldn't say discovered. He would say uncovered because it was he knew to relate to it that way. It wasn't something that he made. Or thought of, or created, it was something pre-existing. These principles pre-existed, mm-hmm. and and they were revealed. They were revealed. They weren't. Um, they weren't. Uh, and I've heard people talk about them in in very uh, because they don't understand the significance of that, they, they, so they talk about it like it was a another theory or another idea, but he, it wasn't a theory or an idea. It was a fact, and he, he said about that day, by the way, he said, you know, uh, I, I was 43 years old before I ever found a fact um and he uh and he calls that day at that moment finding a fact uh it, and uh, he was he said he was lost he 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 was living his life but he wasn't really he hadn't he didn't know a fact He knew uh ideas and concepts and beliefs theories uh attitudes uh he had his head was full of those full of the past full of his problems but he didn't know a fact And a fact when he found a fact he said all my problems vanished like and he says this in our 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 book vanished quote like like the mist in the morning sun that just faded it was like if you've ever seen mist fade from the morning sun. It just it was here and then it just faded away. It would just it just lifted. And um, he he knew uh, after this second uh, magnificent insight that he had, he knew that. And he said to his wife, the very first thing that he said. Uh, well, the first thing he thought was. This is the true meaning of God. And then the second thing, the first thing he said was to his wife, Barb, who I also happened to got the chance to meet and know, but he said to her, um, what I just found would change will change psychology and psychiatry. Uh, This means to say that we'll be traveling over the world and I'll be talking at universities all of which came true. But if you just think about it for a moment, that this ninth grade educated welder, um, who's never read a book on psychology, uh, uh, he might have, you know, uh, this moment changed everything and he, he found the missing link. And so, um, he, and he tells her that, you know, this is going to happen. He, he can see it. Prognosticates it. He he can see the future of how this is going to play out. But at the same time, I've heard him say this that it was ten months before anyone realized what he found. So so he had this knowledge. For 10 months, he said, not a living soul, not a living soul realized what I found. So he was, uh, he had this knowledge and he was talking from it. And he said, I was talking differently. I didn't even realize that I was talking differently. I thought I was talking like I had always talked, but he was saying different things. Everything had changed for him. He was physically different. He was psychologically different. He was just a different. He had a different life. And um, and then after ten months, he says that someone found someone heard what he was saying, and uh, that changed them. And I don't know who that person was. Uh, history may record it. I I I don't know. But then. Someone then someone else saw the change in that person and said, uh, "What's happened to you? Uh, I, um, I, uh, whatever has happened to you, I want it. I want that." And so there were then there were two people. Oh, well, there were three: Sid, this first other person, and then another. And then, and then he he describes in a recording. I've heard him say uh, in this recording that that then um, it, it it just started spreading, and it was um, you know it just went from person to person, to 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 parent to parent to parent to child. It just went. It just started uh, uh, growing. Even just a glimmer of it, just a—it wasn't like they had the whole message, but it was even just a glimmer of that message affected people. And um, then when when I came in and I I uh, I met Sid and and all these uh, gorgeous, wonderful uh, people that had. Each of which had heard a piece. Um, Sid, the first thing Sid said to me was, um, which was really struck me, <laughs> struck me, because he says, uh, "I've been waiting for you." And I thought, waiting for me? Like, how do you know me? Like, I, you know, I'm just, I just heard about this and I came up here to. Learn more, and um, he. But he, uh, he was implying that because he always knew there would be some people. I was just one of those people. It wasn't me that he was waiting for. It was just people that would have um, a voice because I had a doctorate in psychology. Uh, he. He knew that I knew the the field, uh, and um, would know how to uh, possibly, you know, communicate it to other psychologists, and 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 this would and that was the other thing that he said at, right at the very beginning. He told his wife, "This will heal millions and millions of people." So he, again, he saw all that. He knew all that. He. Uh, he he found all that, and um, and that's a really really significant thing. It's monumentally significant that uh, that this happened uh, to, uh, and it happened to an ordinary person. But it, uh, one of the things that he said once, we were working. This is years later. We were. Uh, I was working with a. Um, a world-famous rabbi who was really interested in helping his people. And um, I was telling Sid about this rabbi, and I was going to meet him. And Sid said to me, tell the rabbi that I found what Abraham found. And uh, that was uh, n- knowing Abraham as, as little as I did, but. Um, Abraham was the the father of I mean, is known as the father of uh, Christianity and uh, you know uh, and the and and, um, and um, Judaism and, and I mean he uh, his um, his awakening or his, whatever happened to Abraham all those thousands of years ago. Uh, change the world, you know? And, um, for Sid to say that was such a, and he said it, I mean, he wasn't kidding. He wasn't, it it was just, he was so matter of fact. Uh, And and as people now have heard his recordings, he was a a very matter of fact person, but he found a fact. And, um, and he had no uh, reservations about um, establishing it and talking about it and saying it and uh, to anyone who would really have the opportunity to listen you know he was um he, he wanted them to to hear what he what he found and so he he was a relentless he was just a beautiful speaker a beautiful soul a beautiful uh, human being, uh, and, and he, um, he, he touched all of our lives, you know, um, and continues to, uh, even after, uh, after his death, his, his words, um, live on in his recording. So anyone, anyone I ever work with, I always want to say, uh, get a hold of anything that you have that, of, of his actual recordings and, uh, and listen, just listen because you, you, you'll be, you'll, you'll be glad you did. And I've listened to these recordings for, uh, over 40 years, uh, or, or more. And, um, and I still listen to them. I, I I have them in my, in my, uh, In my player, uh, in my car right now, I could, uh, I'm two minutes away from going out to my car, getting in, and uh, there'll be a recording playing. So, because I've just found it to be so uh, beneficial to me. I'm not enlightened, uh, dare I say. I don't know, I've never met anyone else who is enlightened. Um, But the people that have heard what just and he would often say he says in our book just a glimmer a glimmer of a fact will will turn your whole world upside down it will be uh, it will it will change your your relationship it will change your your profession your work you it will it will help you immeasurably so uh, he was very very sweet about um sharing and uh and he knew that he he emulated that you know one of the things that um we found valda and i found valda's my wife um valda monroe uh she um when when we first went up to hear him speak um, I heard him talk before that, and I and I listened to a recording. There was only one recording in those days, and uh, it was a little cassette um, called "The Missing Link." But um, when we went to hear him uh, speak um, in person, we were just um, we we were changed by what we heard. You know, it was like a a tremendous experience, tremendous, uh, completely different than anything I had ever heard or imagined. I never imagined someone he just came in and just sat down and just started talking, and um, we we were so. Uh, uh, we just happened to get in the front row. The, the the whole room was packed, so we we happened to set. Uh, I noticed that there was a couch, and it, it it was right in front of where the microphone was. And so I thought, and there was no other place in the place to sit. So Valda was thinking, well, we'll just stand in the back, you know. And I thought, oh, I want to sit down, you know. And and I spotted those two. There was a couch. The only couch in the room. The rest of the rest of the room was lawn chairs and just it was it was a very kind of so casual, kind of a ragged sort of place. It was a little um on a little lake, uh on you know, on Salt Springs. So it wasn't like a wasn't a hotel room or anything like that. It was just a a little um meeting spot, and they had packed all these chairs in there, and they, they did have a recording uh, set up, and um, and so we that's where we sat. And um, it was just a, a remarkable talk. Valda describes it as, like she said, she thought she'd always wanted to know what was true, and as she was listening to him, she thought, Oh, well that's, that's true. Uh, well, that's true. Well, that's true. Well, that's true, too. And then she thought, who are you? you know, who are you? Um, because she, later she said, you know, when I would read a book, if I ever read any book and there was some sort of piece of truth, there was one sentence in there that was true, I would have told everyone about that book uh, and said, read that book. You know, like there was something in that book that was true. And she was hearing it. It was like his words were just so poetic and so bottom line. He was so rigorous. He was so specific and precise about what he was saying, and um, and that's the other thing that kind of came came into me through the years was his his precision, uh, and I, I I remarked about it once with uh, a colleague, and I because I was thinking Sid was sort of oh he was philosophical he was you know he was sort of I, I i thought he was kind of ballparking what he was talking about sort of just uh, describing these beautiful things but my colleague said no no he he's very he's very precise and rigorous and i thought rigorous like he's not like rigorous you, you think of as like a scientist or something a scientist says this is the virus this is this that thing right there that's it you know and um, uh the um the chemist the chemistry that Lavoisier he found the order of of the chemical order of all these elements and he began to chart them out as hydrogen is different from oxygen you know he, they, they they had a different and you couldn't; you, they could make um, combinations, but they, but they were each in and of themselves irreducible. They could not be reduced. They could not be made into something different. They were what they were. And he had that conviction about the principles that they were three things, three, not things, but but powers. Uh, and they and they and they combine. They they combined for. The, they were the foundation of mental life. So our mental life was is 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 of of that uh, constitution, and 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 of of nothing else but that constitution. So he, he You know, he um, there was one famous kind of thing that happened where. Some of the first authors that professionally that wrote a book said there were four principles, and when he heard about that, he was aghast. He it really, mm. he said, "What do you mean four principles?" Like he, he didn't he didn't know they had written that, mm. and uh, it it just went all over him. It just violated everything that he knew. Uh, four principles. There's not four principles. There's three principles. So he saw that sort of specificity, and he he called the authors and said, "You you've got to uh, get that book off the shelves immediately." And they said, "Well, we've already published it." He said, "I don't care whether you published it or not. You, you you've ruined my my life's work. There are not four principles because they had emotions." and feelings in there Mm. and that was the fourth principle well he and he and he knew uh like William James had William James had said in his time which was around the turn from the 1800s to the 1900s and he said psychology has not found her first principles and uh and he William James said when 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 psychology does find them it, that that will be and come they someday surely will he said, that's a quote from him he said that at some point someone will find these principles mm-hmm. and when they're found it will be a discovery more important to the human race than anything technologically that humanity has done since fire and I thought, man, that goes back a ways. You don't know, fire computers. I mean, all this technological advancement. But he could see that the principles of psychology would be like a. it would change the, the mental health of the world. And the mental health is what you know we've come to s- just um, kind of uh, accept. Uh, mental trouble, mental stress, strain, and conflict um, has it's so much a part of our existence. We don't even think of it as as, um, as curable. you know we we don't even you know it, it, it's it's a part of every family. every person has been touched by you know, Difficulties, mental difficulties, uh, whether they're um, diagnosable or not, um, the diag- the ones that get diagnosed, they're just they just happen to fall into a, you know a diagnostician's purview. But but really, we're all diagnosable. I mean, there there isn't any difference in in a neurotic and a And a psychotic and a normal, they're they're all, we're all, uh, we all suffer psychologically, and, um, and James knew that and he said, he said that that would be the principles, he predicted it, the principles would be more important than anything humankind has done technologically since fire. And so that dawned on Sidney Banks. like, what an incredible, and and, and William James said that in 1892, and it was 1973, and this dawns on Sidney Banks, and he knew immediately, he knew this is the missing link. This is what psychology and psychiatry and later he would say theology, because he saw that link. It wasn't it wasn't a um, it wasn't just a psychological thing. It was a spiritual link. You know, our minds are spiritually linked already. Uh, it was already there. He just saw it. Bank saw it, and 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 knew it, and said it immediately upon this enlightenment. And later he would say, anything anything new that's ever come into this world uh, has come through um, what he called, um, what's this? it came through, um, it's come through um, I'm sorry, I'm looking for something that he wrote in our book. In everything that has ever been given to this universe, this is quote, mm-hmm. by Sid. everything that has ever been given to this universe, brand new, has evolved through a superconscious state which appears via mankind. It's like the electric light bulb. The first person to ever even consider The thought of electricity or the electric light bulb, you can rest assured that didn't come from his mind. Take all your geniuses from the past. They'll tell you it's not from the mind. They'll tell you. They don't know what it is, but it was just an insight. Because you see, they're taking something that is is totally unknown to the world and manifesting it. But where did it come from? It's the unknown being manifested. So it literally must come from the original mind. And when the original mind shows it, the mind of mankind simply builds it. But the important thing, I'm still quoting, the important thing is to realize, is to find the newness. And it's the same in the growth movement, which is what he called psychology. It's the same in the growth uh, the growth movement throughout the world is stuck in a pattern and you try to break that pattern, you'll see the negativity and those who break out of it will find what they're looking for. That I guarantee. Mm. So he, he this happened to him and he was humble about it. It wasn't like he did it. It happened to him. But that's, you, you'll hear it if you listen carefully to all of his recordings depict this. They don't, you won't hear any ego, him saying, I did it, I figured it out. Uh, uh, he, he would say, he uh, is another thing that uh, I wanted to share with you, Anna, because he says, um, or, and with your listeners. Um, he says, I, I didn't, um, he says, I, um, I, I can't figure, the, uh, uh, he says, he says, it's understanding, but it's not, it's not understanding. You can't figure it out. He said, and I, I think this is really important. He hmm. said, um, you'll never, uh, again, I'm quoting, um, The way is understanding, but, you, but you'll never understand it, I swear. I still don't. I know what it is, but I wouldn't even consider trying to figure it out. It would be total insanity. It would get me right back into the, to the problems. Uh, 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 I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing now. It would get me right back into the problems all over again. You have to, you have to, it's, you know, it's not in, and you're, you're not looking for something. Uh, You, you, everyone, he said, everyone on earth is looking for something. Uh, They don't know what it is, Uh, but they're looking, the, they're looking in the known and it's not in the known that what they're looking for they're looking for what he called one way he describes in our book is one magical thought so i asked him that the book is arranged um as a as an interview he he conceived of it as an interview so he wrote Questions and answers, and he put me as the questioner, and so then he would talk to me, and he said it's one, it's one magical thought, and and uh, and I said well well what's, and he said throughout the years, whenever he would say that, people would always ask him, well what's that thought, and. And he said, with a smile on my face, I would always have to answer. The answer, the thought you seek, is no thought. And um, then he then he proceeded to uh, tell a little story because he he would often couch this in a story. I'll even read that part. Mm -hmm. I find this fascinating. Yes, yes. But he says, um, it's been my observation. So I I asked him, um, and he said before this, he says, uh, everyone on Earth is trying to figure out this mystical puzzle of life. Whether they are aware of this fact or not, those who have been successful in finding the answer to this mystical puzzle are sometimes called the enlightened ones. He, again, he talk, listen to how he talks about this. It's mm. not like me, I'm enlightened. He never, ever mm. said it that way. It was a gift to him. It, was, it wasn't an accomplishment. Mm. And he's, he's, he said, such people always have, had a pr- profound message to give to this world. Ironically, they were often frowned upon because of the mystical ways in which they spoke and the fact that they had that what they had to say quite often went against the status quo of intellectual thinking. It has been my observation, I'm quoting all of this, this, is all of this from our book. It has been my observation that most people who seek answers seek it here, they seek it there, Yet the truth evades them everywhere. At first, after my experience, others, other, uh, the way others thought that came to see me was very puzzling. So he's had this experience. And, and uh, after 10 months or so, and the word started, this started multiplying, uh, people heard about it through word of mouth. And they said, there's some, you know, there's some wise person on Salt Spring Island. And so, uh, and as he spoke to them and met with them, uh, he says, I wondered, what is this enlightenment they they are talking about? Because he could tell they were coming in with preconceived ideas. You know, they weren't coming in as like blank slates. They were coming in as like, well, I know this, and I know that. Now, uh, this is my interpretation of what he's writing. But, but I know this. I I I, I took dozens of professionals and colleagues and uh, up there to accompany me. I I called all of my old professors. I I was on fire to get this uh, known to um, my profession. And, but I could. In, in that small subsample and others that he, that I would meet or I would see that he would meet, I could see that they had um, preconceptions. They had pre-ideas. They thought, well, you know. Mm-hmm. So he's, he, and he's, he's talking about this. He says, I wondered, what is this enlightenment they are talking about? See, He could see that they they thought they knew. And why didn't, and then this is a great question he asked, why didn't they know that the true knowledge they sought did not reside in any part of the body, it wasn't in the physical body, it wasn't in them as physical beings, it wasn't like a, you know, you could, it wasn't anatomical, it was psychological it was it was mystical it was it was it was what connects everything to everything it wasn't within me personally it was mystifying to me why they would travel sometimes thousands of miles to find to find knowledge if they were already self-realized as they so often claimed and insinuated you could see that that would be true you know they would be like well i don't know about that said you know and so they you know they would want to argue with him or uh and i was in the same boat i i wasn't wanting to argue but i wanted to question i wanted i wanted to know what what happened to him you know i wanted i wanted to i wanted what happened to him to happen to me and I think a lot of people did. As I've interviewed people, they, they thought, well, And then somewhere along the line, I heard him say that you're not looking for my experience. You're looking for your experience. Mm-hmm. Well, that really helped me out because I was looking to have, I wanted to have his experience, you know, he said, you can't, you can't have that. You can have your experience. But that was the other thing about him. He was so impersonal. It wasn't like it, it wasn't his. It was ours. It was universal. It wasn't um, personal. It was personal, but it was impersonal. It was both. Both. And so... Then he goes on to say that, I think this is fascinating. He says in, in, in this book, he says, um, as a matter of fact, Keith, everyone on earth is only one thought away from what they seek. If they can find this one magical thought. Now he puts that in bold. He hasn't put anything, the only other thing that he puts in our book in bold is the, is the definition of the three principles. So he really wanted to emphasize this. He would put other things in italics sometimes, but bold was like, yeah, you know, this is pay attention here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he says, every th- everyone on earth is, and this is this is in bold. Everyone on earth, everyone on earth is only one thought away from what they seek, if they can find this one magical thought. That's the end of the book. Throughout the years, time and time again, people have challenged me and asked what this one thought was. Again, we've got writings and recordings of this, of a person of this caliber. You know one of the things we asked him once was well give us a list of people that have been enlightened you know and he said well i i don't know everyone you know but i uh, i know um abraham uh, jesus christ buddha um and i'll and i'll say something about that in a second because it's in this book too um Socrates, this was another one that he said, which is a very short list. Mm. Uh, so, and I'm not trying to promote Sydney Banks. If you think I'm saying that, you're missing my point. My point is this is a special uh, historic, no, there's historic knowledge here, and, and if we can all better respect that, when I think you're 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 called to do that too, um, then we have a better chance to preserve it as it uh, as it was meant to be, as it was spoken, and to communicate it as best we can, as best we can understand it. So it's not a uh, it doesn't get um, chipped away at and lost, and so. Um, So he goes on to say this little story. He says, throughout the years, time and time again, people have challenged me and asked me what this one thought was. With a smile on my face, I would always have to answer. The one thought you seek is the state of no thought. I remember one particular man accused me of talking nonsense that proceeded to tell the group A story of how he was driving down the road and suddenly he experienced the state of no thought and almost drove off the road. I panicked, he said, because I couldn't think. He told me it was the worst experience he had ever had in his life. Again, this is all Sid's writings. Oh, really? I asked him. And you say this all happened to you when you were in a state of no thought? It was the thought that I couldn't think rationally, he answered. So, I said, you must have been thinking to create your panic, were you not? The look on his face was priceless as he realized he had not been talking about the state of no thought. He didn't say another word. I think that's important stuff, you know, for all of us to reflect on and, um, take in. Um, and one other thing I wanted to say, and then I'll, uh, I'll let you, one thing, one other thing I wanted to say was he said, um, in another, another piece of, of recording, he says, um, that um, um, he says, someone came up, he says, someone came up to me. Because um, he, 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 again, he was very rigorous. Like, he, he would never uh, connote Or recommend a technique of any sort um, of anything off the point of this truth so he uh, and I found that to be challenging and I think most people have because they uh, the world is full of method and he said there are there are millions of methods and techniques and processes and procedures uh, all of which are lost and and um that was um that was hard to hear for a lot of people it still is you know there there was a lot um um there was a lot about that that um that was he said he said you you're off the path you know uh you can't find it that way and uh it's and so, that was very, very precise. Again, back to that rigor. It was very, um, very important that he uh, he spoke about that so eloquently, so rigorously. And he, it, it it was hard for uh, all of us students um, at first to to accept that because we had a lot of methodologies and we had. Uh, techniques and we'd learn techniques and processes, and but he was he was not about that at all, you know. And that was really, I think that's really important for humankind to realize that it that it's not uh, there's nothing to do to make this be what it already is. It's it's not in your power to do it, and so. Um, so so I just wanted to say that because I, I, I just find that to be remarkable how specific he was. Um, so and I'm going to say something else here. Uh, he said, um, he says, and again, this is a quote of, that he said on a recording. Uh, he said, three weeks ago. On Salt Spring, somebody came up to me and said to me, "Quote: What do you think of Jesus Christ?" And I said, "As far as I'm concerned, he was he is one of he was one of the highest beings ever to roam the face of the earth." Again, these are all his his words. Right then and there, he wanted a big argument because he figured Buddha was better. This is a on this, which is really interesting to me. Quote, now, they're both saying the same thing. One was maybe evolved more than the other, but that doesn't matter. There's no, this, this quote, there's no human being could possibly comprehend what both of them are talking about they're always wanting the best one better you forget that there's more than one it's all over the place i guarantee you if you walk into any safeway store on a busy day and walk up and down the aisles and stand at the corner and you'll hear people telling the secret to life all the time and they don't know it so i, I just wanted to say that because i think to have a voice of such um, remarkable wisdom who knew who was who was uh, a very rigorous he wasn't accommodating to all there, there were many things on on the earth right now that he took issue with. He he was not um, behind. He was not, he would say, not that, not that, not, there was a lot of not that. And that was, that was really uh, helpful to us. Mm. Yet it was confrontational. You know, because I had to get out of my head all these other concepts and beliefs and theories and such. And I, and, and that was, that took, um, that took years for that to get <laughs> kind of refined, you know. Like to get that out of my head because I was like, "Well, what about this?" And I had questions for him, and and he would answer them always in the same way that I've depicted here. But he was very, um, very rigorous, and um, and I think that's uh, one of the legacies that he left for us to sort this out without being kind of lazy or ballpark or uh, you know he and he uh, and he he communicates this in in this work again he he is he was actually very um, very concerned about the internet and the way that people were talking about things talking about the principles He, he was concerned that it was getting lost. And getting um, watered down, and, and he was very unnerved by that. He was shaking. He was um, he was very very concerned about that. So he uh, and he and as and I think as well he should be uh, because uh, I uh, you know I, I can see that what he was um, concerned about. You know, and I'm not saying. I'm just saying let's let's not um, let's not dismiss that. You know that he he knew he knew what he was what he found, and he knew that it was uh, gonna cause a it, that it might cause fear. And he said sometimes when truth comes into the world, it does cause fear because they don't know what it is, and it frightens them. And so um, that's that's been you know on the historical record and it and it um, and he saw that, and he knew that people would be you know would on occasion or maybe even typically they might have that, and they might. Um, Come up with ideas or theories about that and they uh and it would um um get, get it could get lost and so he was he was really um a, a spokesperson for the truth of that and uh he and i honor that i i think that ought to be um uh, really, um, really significant, you know, to those of us, uh, who, who are communicating and, and, uh, teaching this to people. I think we should, we must continuously find that razor thin line or that, what he calls a pattern. There was, there's a pattern and, um, and if there's a pattern, then there's also a not pattern. You know, when you find something, the way something is and the way it works, you like 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 Lavoisier did with the elements. He, it wasn't uh, an inex uh, the 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 nature the chemical nature of elements was irreducible. It was and. and gold was different from water and you couldn't make water into gold which is what the alchemists were tr- all trying to do well, when, when when um lavoisier found that they could not they they were different uh and and they had their own specificity the structure of of chemistry is a beautiful thing but it's not man-made yeah. It's not man-made. The, the structure of chemistry is 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 it was already here, and hu- humanity eventually saw it. And um, but it was but it wasn't what the alchemists thought. It they, they were all trying to <laughs> turn anything into gold, and and so so there there was a superstructure there. There was a, a logic there. There was a, a truth there, and it wasn't it wasn't bendable. You know, it, there were three principles, and they are um, of, of eternal po- importance, and um, and they're the link. You know, they're the link, and um, uh, we need to be conscientious about that as best we can because that uh, have, you know getting that chipped away at is um, is a tragedy and um, you know I, I think his role again personal but impersonal like he he knew he knew what it was and what it wasn't but he said I can't figure it out. I don't know uh, I wouldn't even try to figure it out because it would draw me back into the mess again and he would be psychologically lost again. So that's something that I wanted to say about your your thought about his relevance is monumentally important yet like Abraham uh, uh, Abraham, people hardly know who that was. Oh, yeah, he's the guy that made idols, and then uh, he destroyed all the idols because his father was an idol maker. and then but no he 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 brought something into the world about that was monumental to our life. and and, and yet it's hard to it's hard to connect the personal, of Abraham to the, to what he saw, you know, he saw something about the oneness of existence and Sid Banks saw the same, same thing and articulated it, but he put it in psychological terms and, you know, he had his own uh, way of communicating it that was just monumental. Of monumental importance and relevant to our, to our, uh, our, our, our human, you know, our, our fellow humans.
0: Yes. Well, thank you, Dr. Keith, for um, this talk. I, I just there's so much, and at at the same time, it's just. Um, just to let it all sink in and, and reflect on everything you've said, um, so many things. But yeah, what, what's underneath everything is just a respect for this because um, it ends the suffering. It ends the suffering. And yeah. so we are bringing hope to the world and it's, it's for real and it's just, um, yeah, there's um, a respect and an honor in this, that um, that I feel it very strong and very, very strong, and, and and here we are. And so I thank you. I thank you for for all everything you've said. I I'm very touched right now.
1: Oh, very good. Thank you. It's a pleasure. I'm touched too now.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh. So thank, thank you.